Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Coming up in this edition of TV Black Box, the blooper that shows everything that's wrong with one channel's news service. Should a TV cameraman keep filming or stop to help to save people during a crisis? And some inside goss on where Nine is up to on finding a replacement for Tracy Grimshaw on A Current Affair. Don't believe everything you've read. Welcome to the podcast where people in the industry get their news. This is TV Black Box. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This is TV Black Box, bringing you the inside goss from the TV industry. Hello there, and welcome to another episode of TV Black Box. I'm Rob McKnight, a panel in just a moment. But first, it was during this week in television history that the late night glass ceiling was broken. Live from Fox Television Center in Hollywood, it's the late show. 34 years ago, Joan Rivers became the first woman to host a late-night TV talk show in the US when The Late Show starring Joan Rivers premiered. Rivers had previously been a permanent guest host on The Tonight Show starring Johnny Carson, but when she wasn't listed in a confidential memo of 10 possible successes after Carson's retirement, she took an offer from Fox instead and became a direct competitor. She was fired only seven months later and Johnny Carson never forgave her. All right, let's meet tonight's panel. In the red corner, we have TV Black Box contributor, Matthew Simmons. Hello, Matthew. Hello. We have a full team tonight. Yay. We do. Spoiler. In the blue corner, we have the man who writes for all the tabloid magazines, and you've probably read a lot of his work. It's none other than Philip Kosh. Hello, Philip. Hi, Rob. Hello. In the grey corner, we have the viewer's advocate, none other than Mulk. Hello, Mulk. Grey corner? Hi, I don't know. I was ran out of colours. <laughs> You're more inventive than There's the Wiggles. so many more. And in the rainbow corner, we have David Robbins. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> Robbo. Uh, thank you so much, Rob McKnight, and uh, great to be here on the, uh, the day after a wonderful uh, win by the Penrith Panthers in the uh, <laughs> that was two days ago. Anyway, oh, uh, uh, in the <laughs> three, cricket. two, wonderful one. to see the Panthers uh, <laughs> winning in the uh, in the cricket. That wonderful and, and well done to everyone. Alan Border, especially, uh, well done, sir. Alan Border, what a great timely reference. <laughs> Uh, Robbo's full of it, always has been. All right, let's get on to a story that popped up just after the podcast was published last week because the judging and hosting lineup for the highly anticipated return of Australian Idol has finally been announced. Joining Kyle Sanderlands on the panel, who was confirmed back in August, will be Amy Shark, 
Megan Trainer, and Harry Connick Jr. Ricky Lee and Scott Tweedy will be hosting, but not everyone is happy with the choices, with many on social media pointing out the lack of racial diversity. Some are shocked, shocked I tell you, that there was more diversity 19 years ago with Marsha Hines and claim this current selection does not represent the culturally diverse country we live in. Uh, Robbo, what do you think of these judges? Were they the right choices? Uh, no, I really don't think they are. We've got some wonderful people who are here that would represent the the wonderful uh, colour that we have in this country. I would have liked to have seen Dami Im. She's a fantastic uh, singer, a wonderful yeah. talent who has yep. been through these kind of shows. She's brilliant. You know, she's, Although she'd she's, be too nice. It would. It's irrelevant. Sorry, I, I don't care. I, I, I'm going to uh, disagree with you. I think that we need to see those kind of people on this because you know what? If I was a person of colour uh, or, um, you know, a homosexual, which I'm not, of, of course, I'm still trying to find the nice lady. But if I was <laughs> not trying to do that, um, I would want to see those different, uh, the, you know, those different kind of people on there. I want to see me on there. This is 2022. Um, I find it outrageous and also just ridiculous that that in this day and age we're seeing a a complete white But you can't panel. just put a person of colour on for it being a person of colour. And look, no, 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 I, no, no. I agree wait, wait, with Rob, the Rob, diversity Rob, angle. Rob, I, I agree with what you're saying and I, I, and mm. I love your challenge. I really do. Um, Dummy M, for example... He has earned her place, for example, uh, on those kind of judging panels. For example. Um, this idea that in 2022, and they, you know what, apart from Matthew Simmons, hi Matt, uh, give us a wave. Oh no, that's right, it's just a podcast. Um, <laughs> we, they're going after that, that, uh, that audience, aren't they? Um, and they're not seeing that kind of diverse range exactly yeah. rob thank you that that reflection of what what's happening i think this is outrageous and also do, do you know what i reckon happened mulk is in the casting pro process for this they got caught up with having the international people and didn't think about the diversity angle no, no. sorry mulk, mulk i'm gonna let you answer that i sure. i just want to cut in on that it's sorry rob it's 2022 the fact that i've talked about this on this uh, podcast before where um, Sydney programming is stuck in a bubble of Sydney programming. You have and said I think that. that that's the problem. Mm. Yeah, that's right. So I've, I've said that on this podcast before. That's the problem. So, yeah, it's great. Harry Connick Jr., wonderful. He had a hit, I think, back in the mid-90s. Understand what that <laughs> yeah, means. more than one. <laughs> no, no. But this is the thing, though. In 2022, a, a, a young-based program has got white people. Uh, Malk, I'm, I'm going to direct that to you, but this is the problem, right? Look, I, I reject your claims that it's not diverse enough. They've got both men and women, uh, and they do have a couple of Americans on the show. So, I mean, we've even brought like overseas people in. Malky, I know that you agree with me. Yeah. I think that there should be more people representative of the country. Oh, look, it's, especially... it's wildly tone deaf. You know, in mm. the casting for the for the judging, like fine Scott and Ricky Lee hosting it, whatever. Like we could have found other hosts, but that's where we land. Uh, I, it's I'm disappointed with the choices, and in in the same way, and I know that this might be considered controversial. He doesn't care who I am. Adding Cole Sanderlands is only being he's only on that panel to get column inches. He's not there because he brings any kind so, of sorry. Uh, I don't know well, about that, Mulkey. Yeah, 
you t- you pick that up, Philip, because I agree with what I think you're about to say. Because Carl does have form in the music business, but Philip. Oh look, I don't care about his form in the music business. I think he's car crash TV. Like I'd watch it. I suppose sickly, I'd watch it to see him fuck up and abuse someone or do something horrific. I find that quite entertaining, but I'm, sure. I don't know where that leaves us all. Well, it's the sickly sweet Kyle that I think is the thing that people aren't going to resonate with and we will see way mm. too much of. Um, honestly, he's he's a publicity he maker. He knows his brief. He's there to be the arsehole. Well, he's but a publicity maker. Brief, right? that, that's... Where's the other brief, Where's the other brief? Where's the difference? You've got three other where's, people trying to be nice. Do you, know, can... do you know what, Robbo? I'm going to say your Dami Yim suggestion is actually really good. And when it's funny, when I said she's possibly too nice, Marsha Hines was too nice. Often, but she brought a sensibility to it that Dami would bring in the same way. And while absolutely yeah. Amy yeah. or Meg, uh, Megan would, would, you know, offer their generous assertions or their their understandings of of their time in the industry i think we still come back to this whole thing that if we're going to reflect australian society just bringing on people of color as contestants is not good enough when we have actual talent in the industry that represent that are australian that represent who we are that aren't white cis het people yes yep Mm. Yep, yep, yep. That's what yep, the voice yep, does. Yep, yep. So the voice has two multicultural people, plus they're... Um, that's right, both she, she's Benji British, right? and Or is British. An, an international. Sorry. That's... <laughs> Guy Sebastian yes. and Jessica Malboy uh, for Australian, and then the international import in Rita Ora. So um, the voice ticks the boxes, but so why can't this show do the same? I think it's a fair point. Look, I want to say to uh, James... He knows who he is. Oh, sorry, for everyone else, it's James Warburton, a, a <laughs> he long-time is. listener. Um, look, uh, we want to see a variety of voices on that because what you've got here is Australian Idol. So the, 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 the name is in the title. That's what it needs to be. And it's really been unfortunate to, to bring that back when there isn't. All right. Channel 10's decision to pre-record some new segments has blown up in their faces with a blooper making it to air in the Brisbane market last Tuesday. Have a listen. Residents in Florida are being urged to get out now with a monster storm forecast to smash into America's southeast with the next... If I spat it out. After this, the screen cut to black for 19 seconds before two more commercials and then another black screen. The blooper then played again but was cut halfway through and then began to play in fast forward before going to another commercial break. Now, Matthew, obviously the issue here is that 10 pre-record a large chunk of the Brisbane news. It's now getting worse during daylight saving because what they used to pre-record at 4 o'clock is now being pre-recorded at 3 o'clock. Look, I think they've done a great job in masking that, the way they do it. It's very, very clever the way they put it together. But what they did here was let Sandra Sully down. Mm. She should have the faith to know that her doing a minor fluff, and it was Mm. a minor fluff, Mm. won't go to air. Right, absolutely. I mean, she's gonna. She's the one. She's the face of the article. She's the one that that wears it. Um, yeah. Look, I, mean, I can't say I watched Ten News first in, living in Brisbane, so I, I I can't really speak to how it's modelled. But we haven't heard of any of this. Like this uh, fact that they pre-record some news has been out for a while now. We haven't, or I don't think as a as a large chunk, we've seen a blooper like this 
uh, before. So, yeah, good on them for getting so far and then there's a mistake. But I think this just exposes that there is a real risk when, when you do that and, and you have something like yeah. a shit show that this really was. It was not great TV. It was not great to watch. Um, I think it lo- 10 as a new service with the credibility that it already has up against 7, 9 and the ABC – if you're in Brisbane, I think that's really diminished now. I don't think you'd want to tune in if you see something like that. Well, it's funny, Philip, that we talked about this on 4BC, the afternoon show with Sophie Formica, and got a lot of feedback from listeners that say they won't watch 10 News because it's made in Sydney and it's nothing to do with Brisbane and it's not up to date. Because I, I'll tell you why I asked that question on the radio show is because I, I started to wonder whether viewers actually cared if a show was live or not, the news service. Because I've met so many people over the years who didn't realise the news was live. So I wondered whether it would actually matter if it was live, which is why I wanted to ask that question. I was doing my own little bit of research <laughs> using, <laughs> using the power of 4BC. They do care and they care about localism. Localism I always knew, but they actually do care that it's live. Yeah, well, I think I think someone you know in their fifties like me, the TV you, you know you mark your day. I still mark my day sadly with the six o'clock news, and for me it's the six o'clock news. So yeah. I don't watch Channel Ten. I think it screams of a network that's very mm. short-staffed or, or staffed with inexperienced people. That's a big boo-boo to make. Like, and it was fixable. There should have been time. I just don't really understand how it went to air. Um, well, the, the way it went to air is that. When they pre-recorded the segments, whoever was marking in and out on each segment, so like you literally mark in, mark out, yeah. they marked in, they saw the play on, they marked in, they spooled through to the end, not realising there was a, a step up. Yeah, right. Well, look, like anyone, I feel sorry for Sandra Sully. She's a class yeah. act uh, mm. and it, it, does, it is embarrassing, but, you know, there's no real egg left on her face for anyone. That oh, no, knows. she's yeah. like... She just had a bit of fun with the fact she made a blooper. It was nothing on her. I think that was a very long-winded way of saying I, th- I still find something that the news is live. And also yeah. when they do crash into a big story, mm. you know, that's quite exciting as a viewer. Yeah. I reckon you, most audience these days couldn't tell. They would have no idea mm. if the newsreader Correct. was reading it to them live or pre-recorded. So... In part, absolutely, it's a technical blunder that shouldn't have happened in 10 News's case. Um, people got to see how the, you know, a little insight as to how the, the, the cake is baked. Um, yeah. Not great mm. that it went to air, but look, honestly, shit happens in that regard. Um, I, I, I would I agree that when something big is happening, not 27 million hours of rolling coverage of a dead queen, but when there's a breaking story, absolutely that's when live news TV comes into its own. 350 yeah, odd days mm. of the rest of the year, mate. Pre record Peter Overton so he can be home by 6 30. Like, well, I can only tell you what the listeners came back to us with. Sure. So that's all I'm reporting because, like you, I believed that they wouldn't care if it was live. But they wouldn't know. They it's not even a care thing, Rob. They wouldn't be able to tell except for issues like this. Just going on what we were I think told. that you're talking about people under a certain age, Mob. Uh, and over any of them, you watch the, the because they're so slick nowadays. You look at seven and nine news, even ABC News, SBS News, and ten on a good day. Um, they're putting together a product that no one can tell that it is anything but. Here's the first go. 
Okay, a cameraman has come to the rescue of fleeing residents in Florida, caught in the rising waters of Hurricane Ian. Glenn Ellis placed his camera down in the middle of a live cross with sunrise and can be seen running over to help multiple people out of the water. Have a listen. A hurricane is to Americans what cyclones are to Australians, isn't it? But this one is as big as Florida. That is massive. Keep going. Keep oh, going. Are you okay? Yes. It's, it's an enormous, uh, an enormous storm. Yeah, no, fine. We're just, uh, just helping some people through the water here. That's our camera operator, uh, Glenn Ellis, out there. I think you can see yeah. trying to help people who are wading away from their homes. He's been praised on social media for putting the safety of the people first. Robbo, I've got issues with this. No one was in danger that I saw, and his job was to film what's going on. If it's a life and death situation, sure, but people were wading through water. I didn't see anyone who needed help oh that was drowning or oh anything like God. that. No, no, Your no. job is to oh, shoot what's going on. No, no, no. I, I, I laughed and, and cut you off. You as a line producer and executive producer would have said oh. to me, now, uh, uh, you would have said to mm -hmm. me, something's happening behind you, go and do it. This idea... No, the reporter? No, sure. no, 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 no. So when I saw this in our rundown, I thought, piss off, mate. You would have loved this. You would have gone... No, yes, you... No, no, I... I you, look, you'll cut this out because... I, I love how you're telling me what I love. I know what, what you do would... What, do you think I'm just trying to be controversial? I know what you would do. You would have replayed a cameraman on Studio 10 dropping the camera and running up and in, and and uh, helping someone. Absolutely. It's great television. There's no mm. doubt on that, that it was wonderful television. Yes, of course, it helped someone. Do, do you know what? Maybe the first person needed a bit of a hand, but then he just decided to help everyone else. And I didn't... I was like... I don't understand what's going now, on here. If you were in a control room, you would have said, yes, go ahead, do it. I really wouldn't have. The oh, reporter, yes. maybe. But the cameraman no. putting the camera down and, you, uh, you know, full credit to the reporter who picked up the camera and actually tried to film what was going on. But I, I don't think it's the cameraman's place to do this. One, how do we know he's not now putting himself in danger as well? Do you want moments, though? he's waiting no, hold on. Do you want moments? I know you want moments. Yeah. I've worked with I, you. You want moments. Yes. But there's moments and then there's still trying to get the story. So does he turn That's off his camera story. and not cover the whole thing? Oh, he sorry. Didn't turn we're, it we're actually not going to cover the news because we're going to go and help people. He didn't turn it off. This also goes back to when uh, Mike Amor had a skateboard to the face. We kept recording for that. Of Wonderful. Course. We keep doing that. When this puts down, this actually brings people who are... Look, let's say that they're in South Australia. They're a long way from where um, the, the hurricane was in Florida. This cameraman's putting it down. I refuse to believe that you, as a line producer, as an executive producer, would go, actually, no, nah, I'm not going to roll that. So you would say to me, all of that vision, you would say, no, nah, I'm not going to roll it. Of course I would use it, and I would definitely try to spin it. In a positive way, but what I'm there telling you, you as a line producer, I would have been pissed off with the fact that he did it because there was no rhyme or cause. If the reporter had gone and done it, great, because the cameraman can get the pictures. Full credit to him. He was genuinely trying to do the right thing. But I don't think it's his place to do that unless someone is in real peril and really going to die. I will acknowledge that I um, didn't even know there was a reporter in the clip.
I was just caught up in the cameraman going, oh, I'm off the... Like, for, for mine, I, I, yeah. I hear I hear the argument for it. I hear the argument against it. I just look at it as a bloke mm. filming, doing his job, and I understand that his job is to film the newsworthy event, um, expressing some humanity. He obviously felt, as the guy on the ground, independent of what the reporter might have done, said, or felt, the cameraman went, these people need help. I need to go and help them. And that urge overtook his desire to keep the camera rolling and do all of those sorts of things. Now, if he got his work, butt kicked yeah. and fired for it, I mean, so be it. I'm There's not all saying sorts of to fire. Oh, no, no, no. And I'm not suggesting you, you would say that, Rob. I'm just saying that if that was the outcome, I mean, there'd be a network that would hire him in a heartbeat. Well, there'd be an uproar. Oh, for sure. And another network that would hire him in a heartbeat. I, I think the, the thing that plays out in this, and it's difficult for us as armchair critics to sit back and have a call, we're not in that moment with them. And for the cameraman no. to go, I, whether they're ankle deep or they are neck deep in water, he felt that they were in need of assistance and he went and did it, independent of the life. Deep. It was ankle deep water. And how do we know he's not then putting his own life at risk? Sure. And he may well have been. And all of those things. And look, with the, the reporter picking up the camera, whole other news story. And and all sorts of um, moral and journalistic integrity issues come into play around the him then putting himself in peril to rescue or to save them or whatever. That it was only ankle deep. I mean, sure. But he obviously felt they needed help. Yeah. Philip, I knew I'd be in the minority on this one. <laughs> I found a cringe TV. I'm with you, Rob. Ah, the no. water was ankle deep. I just, I, I wondered whether it was a produced segment, to be honest. And I would definitely be checking the cameraman's social media figures after <laughs> in a week's time. That's all I can Wow, say. you cynic, Philip Koch. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think the, the cameraman did it? I was confused because I saw some people wading through some waters. It was flowing for sure. Hmm. I... I went back and looked. I can't see anyone in danger that needed urgent assistance. I think he, he had good intentions or maybe they'd seen something more traumatic prior to that and he was, you know, he was wound up. I don't know, but it didn't really look that dangerous a situation to me and I'm just watching it on TV like the rest of you guys. So maybe I'm If wrong. Rob McKnight is saying as an EP or a line producer <laughs> that he would look at that and he would say, no, nah, we're not going to broadcast that. That's outrageous. No, you miss you, Robbo. You, you, you're misrepresenting me. Of course I would broadcast it, and I admitted I would be trying to spin that and putting it on socials completely. What I'm saying, though, as a line producer, is that I wouldn't have been happy with the fact that he did it because it just didn't play well to me. The only thing it needed was, and I remember seeing this on I cannot remember which clip show, but some American... Um, weather reporter, might have been from the Weather Channel, leaning into the wind and talking about how windy it was, <laughs> the hurricane was bearing down upon us. Mm. And then two blokes, one of them carrying like a cart and a beer, just casually walks across behind him, like unaffected by the wind. Yeah. Like he's turned, that, that's all that needed to happen in that cameraman moment where he's rushed off to go and help someone and just have like some dude literally walk up, bend over and pick up something and leave like it was not even a problem. All right, big change of pace. If you are already struggling with the juggle of which streaming services to subscribe to at home, the battle is set to get even tougher. Seven West Media appears to be in the box seat to win free-to-air broadcast rights for US media giant NBC Universal's content. It's believed to be the biggest catalogue in this market in terms of volume, with fan favourites like Law & Order, The Office, US version, Parks and Recreation, Brooklyn Nine-Nine and Downton Abbey. 
That kind of content is on a service called Peacock in the US, and it looks like Seven might launch the same streamer here. Negotiations are still ongoing, but there's no doubt the streaming wars will heat up if this goes ahead. Malk, great content here, but is it a streamer too far? It's it's a really delicate and difficult time to launch a new service. We already have 11 of them, and yeah. seven are late to the party. Like, not even late to the party. Like, we're in the middle of main course, and they're turning up with entree. Um, yeah, but it's a hell of an entree. Well, yeah, you but could say it- they're turning up with dessert. It's a hell of a dessert. It, it, but the catch is that a bunch of that content is already available on most of the primary streamers right now. Yep. The Peacock original stuff, and of course, any new stuff that comes down the pipe to that would then fit into that basket. It has to be a bloody compelling reason that you would want to sign up mm. for Peacock now, even especially with pricing. Like, if you're going to drop in with another, like, if you follow the Stan or the Netflix model, if you're going to drop in with a two-screen SD service and call it at eight, nine bucks, ten bucks, or whatever it is, that's another ten bucks at a time when inflation is killing people mm. and their discretionary spending is already shrinking. Like, is now really this is a big question for Seven West? Is now the right time to launch a new streamer when everybody is already considering reducing how much money they spend on their streaming services? But what choice do they have? They've got to get in the game. Yeah, well, and and but this is the the biggest case of the poorest timing. You know, it, I, I mm. look forward to them eventually doing it. They absolutely need to. Is now the time though? Can they hold off for another twelve months and do it? In fact, dare I say, maybe in line, and this is a way off, but in line with twenty twenty five, when they get access to streaming the AFL games that they get, maybe then that's the time. I don't know. Mm. Launching it in the middle of like. Time of recording, another 0.25% mortgage um, increase mm. today. Just we today, are now yeah. at the highest interest rates in nearly 10 years in Australia. This is not the time to drop in with, and now we've got some pretty fluffy things that you'll want to spend 10, 15 bucks on a month when people are going, my, my repayments just went up $70 a week. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Matthew, could you be convinced with Seven having all this great content if they did do a deal with NBC and uh, launched Peacock, would would it be enough to get you over the line? I think the content on there would have to be exclusive. Now, I could mm. be wrong, but I'm pretty sure the office on Peacock in the US is only on Peacock. But if it's also on Netflix, yeah, but like, I'm but pretty let's sure... Assume, all... Let's assume those windows close... And Peacock slash NBC is the only place. Take away the mm. all the other deals, and you can only get it on Peacock. Let's yeah. assume that. Let's talk. Lining blue sky. those deals up, Rob, is going to be a nightmare. Like I Understand, agree absolutely. But let, let's talk Blue Sky. That Peacock sure. has all the exclusivity because sure. I want to get a sense on whether that's enough to get people across the line. Right. I think I would certainly consider it. It, de- it depends. Okay, by by doing that, you'd realise what the other services lose. You'd realise that Netflix loses some of these shows that that I didn't know were an NBC Universal product and binge and all of that. So I think I would. I, I think I could be convinced. I think as a whole, from what I do know about NBC Universal, that is a large enough catalogue to intrigue me mm. exclusively. But that might come at the expense of a binge or a Netflix. That's that's where the issue is going to be. So is it good enough? Yes, but it doesn't mean I'm just going to. I'm happy to add ten dollars to my service. It means that I'm I'm going to probably shift somewhere else. If I can change the uh, the argument here, I've got one word for everyone. Presto. 
They've, the Seven Network has already failed. Yes, they have. With a streaming service. So why would we trust them with another $10 or $12, mm. whatever? They've already had a go. It didn't work. Presto, your thoughts, everyone. But I don't think that would be in the consumer mind and it, it would be a different brand and different content. Now, take me back. Was Presto too early in the market? Were we I not think it was well ready? before its time. It, it was, was well really before its time. early. The internet wasn't what it was. Also, their mm. library was not great. Like, let's be yes. frank, the but content sorry, they had available Stan, wasn't excellent. Stan was around at the same time, though. Yeah, but Presto came in as like this. The, the challenge for Stan was around, I think, Netflix, Stan and Presto all existed concurrently. Correct. yep. Right. Yep, 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 um, yep. So the the challenge was the, the internet still wasn't great. It has improved since that time. Sure. Um, sure, sure. You weren't getting 4K streams back when all of that happened. <laughs> yeah. um, I think the challenge for Presto as to why it failed in its hybrid kind of partnership with Foxtel was that the content that Seven brought to the table as television was like second to third tier. Yes. Was, there wasn't any, re- yeah. apart from, I think, a Home and Away special, yeah. there wasn't yes. anything big that landed on Presto. Um, yeah. And look, the benefit of Peacock and the ability to shine it and, and say, look at all the bright, shiny new things we've got from America, come and love us, love us, please, is, is a huge win for Seven in that context. I think the library is a concern. I think that the content that they'll bring to that, because we're still in this weird adjustment bubble where it's not as easy as Netflix sell it, where we go, we have everything everywhere except in America where there's a few kind of, they're the exclusion now. Mm. You know, in, in Australia, it can be a little bit, you know, we've got all these extra things, but then there are other shows on other services in Australia because of existing output deals. Until all of that is put to bed, and goodness gracious, that could take easily 10 to 15 years mm. for everything to settle down. And we do away with this notion of regional sales and just go to into global footprints when we think about how we sell into streaming services, which instantly puts things like Stan on the back foot, Foxtel even mm. to a degree. We're not going to see the glory of Peacock in its full, dare I say, all of its feathers showing here in Australia, but we need to see whatever that deal looks like between Seven West and, and NBC Universal when it comes to pass. What's their plans? Because they'll get heaps that they can just dump on 7 Plus. The challenge will be, do they want to turn 7 Plus into a thing or do they want to actually deliver Peacock? Okay, everyone. Something a bit different this week. I want you to join me for a quickie. Hang on. What? No, thanks. <laughs> no, thanks. Yeah, no. Come on. That time you won't know work. unless you try it. Uh, <laughs> pretty sure I will know without having to try it. Yes. Also, I've tried it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, A couple of quick items that I just want to roll off very quickly. So there's obviously been some articles this week about a current affair and how a decision is or an announcement is imminent about the new host. Mm. Bomb, bomb, wrong. So I've done a bit of investigating. There will be no announcement at the moment. No decision has been made. They are still taking their time. What I can tell you is that whoever replaces Tracy Grimshaw will be from nine. So it won't be Carrie Bickmore. It won't be Sarah Sarah Harris Harris or Lisa Miller or anyone else from outside the network. Virginia The replacement will come from within nine. Stan Grant. I can also tell you that there will be no major format changes. So this idea that it's going to get back to its roots of, you know, Dodgy plumbers win the day. 
<laughs> it's rating. It's the number one show at 7 o'clock. Yep. Why are they going to change it? Now, NRL, there was a lot of discussion this week about the fact that uh, the ratings weren't great uh, because 2.4 million tuned in. But, Mulk, it was mm. interesting. Uh, the NRL broke grand final. The, the, it broke the streaming records on 9Now with 389,000, taking it up to what I think is a pretty respectable 2.7 million. That's about on average, isn't it? Were we a bit unfair? Um, look, I, I think that cr- criticism of the linear broadcast figure for the NRL grand final was premature until we saw the BVOD figures yeah. to add them in. Because this is the key difference between 7 and 9 until 2025 is that 9 can broadcast the grand final via many different camera angles and all sorts of things online. So those eyeballs count. And that added into the, the to be fair, lowest linear broadcast numbers ever, represent the changing face of television and particularly live sport and particularly the fact that lots of people are streaming things now and accessing stuff that we would otherwise just turn on the TV and plug in the antenna. I know that there are lots of people in particularly apartment blocks that have dodgy coverage or don't have access to a terrestrial antenna. They might rely on their Foxtel um, dish to get their free-to-air, but guess what doesn't get broadcast in high definition over your Foxtel satellite? 9 HD. Um, so to get the sport in high definition, you've got to stream it or you've got to access it in those sorts of ways. So it's an interesting place that we find ourselves in. That also brings the NRL grand final within a snifter of the AFL grand final, which is traditionally, over the last five or six years, outrated it by a country mile. And that that little gap also really starts to lean into and press a wedge into uh, Everly, where absolutely uh, our wonderful friend who's reading this in a memo, James Warburton, is pressing for the <laughs> AFL Grand Final to move into a primetime slot because, it as you discussed to. the other week, as you discussed the other week, they had big figures during the afternoon. They lost that Saturday night yeah. and lost and, the week. And if the AFL wants those big bucks, oh, it has to oh, give something back. Yeah, and and I know there will be a fan outcry, and and look, yep. the the proof in part is in the pudding. Now I acknowledge also the stuff that Kevin said about the nature of the game last week and the NRL game, um, that it, it 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 was very one sided affair. You know, uh, half the audience, New South Wales, would have tuned out after mm, the first quarter because off. the Swans were doing nothing um, uh, for the AFL Grand Final. So we're in this kind of scenario where the quality of the game also plays into the caliber of the ratings that play out. And when, like, a Melbourne Derby does big business, a Perth-Melbourne Derby in AFL does big business, a Sydney-Melbourne, uh, sorry, a Sydney-Brisbane NRL Grand Final does massive business because it's almost like a state of origin. Mm. And when it's, like, the Western Derby was great for the NRL, but it wasn't going to rate because there are a whole bunch of people that honestly don't care about the Panthers and the Eels. Yeah. All right. Well, that was a quickie with Rob. It was probably a one-week-only thing, but just to get through a few topics fast. Still to come, Seven makes some big changes behind the scenes, while Nine makes some big changes on the screen. And we'll find out what everyone's been watching. You're listening to TV Blackness. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theatres, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And now it's time for Hatches and Dispatches. New appointments have been made in the programming department of 7 Plus. Previous Director of Content Sales, Richard Henson, will move into the new role of Director of Distribution and Content Partnerships. Current Head of 7 Plus Programming, Homi Razi, a long-time listener, hello to you, Homi, uh, will take on an expanded responsibility for both content and distribution strategy across 7+. And Andrew Green will take on the acquisitions portfolio in addition to his head of content role at the network's streaming service. And no, we're not talking about you, Andrew Green, the esteemed ABC News correspondent. I know you're listening, my friend, and a big hello to you. Staying with the national broadcaster now, ABC News presenter Juanita Phillips has announced she will take extended leave from the Sydney News Bulletin. Taking to Twitter, Juanita said she reached the milestone of 20 years with the news service and will be taking some extended leave to celebrate. The incredibly talented Jeremy Fernandez will step in for the meantime. Also clicking up 20 years behind this sunrise desk is my old friend, Hello, Koshi. While initially hired as a fill-in back in 2002, Koshi was soon offered the position permanently and he has remained with Brecky Central ever since. Sunrise celebrated this week by sharing a compilation of some of his greatest moments and from all of us here at TV Blackbox, we wish you a very happy anniversary, Koshi. Absolutely. It was a very short compilation. Too short. Breakfast Radio presenter Will Goodings has been appointed the role of co-host for Seven's Weekend Bulletin out of Adelaide. He will replace Mike Smithson, who is reportedly set to remain as a key part of Seven's plans moving forward. I I do love that TV um, code. Friend of the show, journalist and presenter Liam Bartlett has announced that he will leave the Nine Network at the end of this year. Viewers will recognise Bartlett as a presenter for 60 Minutes, uh, but he has also served as a reporter for A Current Affair, an anchor for Nine News Perth and radio host for 6PR. And Robert McKnight, that is the end of this week's Hatches and Dispatches. Jesus. Rob, I think you need a Bex and a good lie down. Is your voice okay? You're going to be yes. all right. No, no, it's, it's going all right. Mate, if I, you were if you were to whisper, you could host The Bachelor with that kind of gap. Oh my god! Or even that Big Brother. Yes, Red, Reggie. I was, I was waiting for my moment to be called up. Um, interesting, Ray Liam Barlett, um, leaving Six PR as well, where he mm. has the mornings host. Yep. The whole so network. Just given, yeah, just given it all in. So that's interesting. I wonder. Uh, where he might turn up next. Okay. Can I just say really quickly, um, Liam is an old friend of mine. Um, we went to uh, journalism school together and I'm seeing him for a barbecue this weekend. I'll get all of the details for our listeners. Are you going to Perth or is he popping over? He's going to pop in. Um, <laughs> yeah, and we're going to talk about that. Liam, can't wait to see you, mate. All the best. Hopefully he doesn't join uh, Ross Coulthard and become like, uh, what is he now? An alien... 
<laughs> Conspiracy oh, theorist. Oh, my God. You on this. How the mighty have fallen. Ross Coulter, if, if someone's going to find the truth about aliens, it's Ross Coulter, Look, and I'm with him all the way. I think he knows where they are. He's been abducted already. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. It's time to open the TV binge box. This is where we find out what everyone's been watching this week. Philip, you're getting the first Guernsey today. Uh uh, so what? Well, look, um, House of the Dragon. I'm, I'm still watching that. I, I don't know. Oh, are you? I, I haven't been. Well, the bizarre thing is, I think it's episode six is where they replace the two main actresses with mm. older actresses. Yes. But it's done in such a clunky way. I had to refer to the previous episode, thinking, did I miss something? Ah. It's like what's going on. It was really quite. I don't know. I, I found it a really. It was jarring, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was just, I don't know, I felt like I'd missed an episode or they'd rush things or, I don't know, something went wrong there. If you turned away and missed the 10 years later super Mm. that was on on screen for about three and a half seconds, it would have taken you half the episode to catch up. Yeah, wow. Uh, Yeah, so look, I I don't know. Look, I will continue with it, but it's it's no Game of Thrones, I've decided now. I've done a backflip on that one. Still worth watching, just not Game of Thrones quality, I think. Later step was pretty good. Yeah, well, once I wrap my head around the strangers I was watching on the TV. But anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, and uh, Series 7 of Shetland has dropped on the ABC. Uh, that's just a great British crime procedural sort of story. And um, uh, it looks like it's up to its usual quality. And remind me, Philip, that Shetland, that's about a pony who, <laughs> no, that's the uh, who solves crime. This is a crime series, British crime series. Sure. Set on the Shetland Islands. Mm-hmm. Where the ponies come from, Robbo. Presumably. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, this week, uh, I finished watching Yellow Jackets, and geez, I just want more of that on Paramount Plus. It is seriously one of the best. Look things at you I've showing seen. off your Paramount Plus free subscription. <laughs> yeah. 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 I never said it was free. <laughs> oh, hang on. Hang on. If we yeah, can go back to the tape, <laughs> I did think that you said that you got it from 10. Well, they sent out, uh, yeah, in fairness, they sent out birthday cakes to a whole heap of radio stations and yes. 4BC was one of those stations. And, uh, yes, I'm very grateful because, let me tell you, I actually think Paramount Plus is a great service and I There's actually have tried it. Oh, we love I'm it. finding so mm. much oh, content on there. And you know I'm what, loving. Rob, though, r- really quickly, it, it, it's so cheap. So <laughs> what is it? it it's nine ninety nine a month. Oh, well, you can pay for your subscription. I think you'll find Robo. it's eight ninety nine a month, Robo. <laughs> oh, oh, that's even fantastic. oh my god, Paramount Plus. Oh, eighty nine ninety nine a year. Um, if I could just quickly double check, it's ParamountPlus.com.au. Is that, that right? Is correct, Robo. <laughs> um, what I will say is that my TV, which is an LG, which I'm guessing from about. Oh, for Christ's sake. 20... Are you trying to get a free TV now? LG.com.au. <laughs> for Christ's sake. Rob I mean, at trying, TV I'm getting to something. I'm getting to something. My <laughs> LG TV is a smart TV, but it's I guess it's from 2016 or something around there. Oh, and too it, old. It's too old for Paramount Plus. It is. So it doesn't get that get it. He's so trying to get a TV I... from Paramount Plus. <laughs> That's what he's trying to do. But your fetch box <laughs> or your Apple TV would uh, would serve it for you, Rob. I'm doing it through fetch. Yes. But it's clunky. 
Like when I use the desktop version of Paramount Plus, it's actually really great, and I can favorite shows and all that kind of stuff. Mm. But on Fetch, I can't. I can't mm. do an add to favorites. Yeah, or that's watch not list Fetch's problem, like though, Rob. Sorry, that's not Fetch's problem. No, no, it's it's whatever Paramount, Paramount designed for yeah, yeah. to go through. Yeah, Paramount Plus have designed for Fetch. Yeah, but what I'm saying is the experience through Fetch is quite clunky, mm. um, despite. The great content and on the desktop, it's great. It's gorgeous. really enjoy the desktop yeah. experience, yeah. but of course, I want to watch it on the big sure. screen. Yeah. Get a Fire Stick, get a Fire Stick or an Apple TV. Uh, that's what get I want. As a subscriber to Paramount Plus from day one, I can tell you that when they first launched, the desktop experience was nothing like it is now. Right. It literally came off the arc when they launched it. It was not great. Can I, can I quickly say something? If you want to get some great streaming, just go to presto.com.au. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful service. So, it doesn't exist the anymore. Seven it's gone, oh, right? Shit, no, sorry. It's, oh, yeah, sorry. I think it redirects think to sevenplus.com.au. Right, right. Um, all right, the second one on my list, sorry, I didn't mean to spend so much time on it, is we finished Yellow Jackets and we went, what right. are we going to watch now? Oh, Topher Grace, he's from that 70s show. He's done a movie or two. We're going to watch his show. Home Economics, I think it's on Stan. Oh, boy. I needed a, I needed a Bex and a good lie down. It was complete shit. I'll probably watch <laughs> it again. But uh, <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> it's, it's bad. It's three siblings... And they're having di- they're on different finances. One is a multi-millionaire who made his big money. One is a writer who has always had money, but you know, okay money, but he's now struggling. And one is the sister who has no money. And it's these siblings tr- getting on with each other and trying to live when the older one moves back. It, it, it's a struggle. It's a struggle. Hmm. And I think the less said, the better. Avoid. You've said a lot about it. It's 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 not even on Paramount Plus. So like, no. what, am I right? Am I right? Like, who gives a shit? You definitely, Rob. You definitely need to double down and watch. We need to talk about Cosby on Paramount Plus. The W. Kamau Bell doco about Bill week. Cosby yep. is incredible. Good one. And and I I don't know if this is brought up, but um, Malcolm Jamal Warner he played um, Theo, didn't he? That's his he did. name. I, yeah. He, uh, I, I remember reading him saying that the the hardest thing for all the actors in this is they've instantly lost residuals. Yes. Because no one's buying that show, no one's playing it. It's not getting picked up by affiliates, and and so yeah. overnight they lost major yeah. income. Well, because of the actions of that man. That's what happens when you put the bills in the people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, Matthew, what have you been watching? Um, all Netflix for me. I finally gave in. It's been talked about for weeks, and I had zero interest at all. Um, but we watched Heartbreak High. Oh the, yeah, the new version, obviously not the old version. Now the old I don't know. Well now. Uh, yes, it is there. I don't know what that was like in the past. Sure. I haven't obviously seen that. But I, I thought that this was good. I not not great. Nothing amazing. I just thought it was it was good. It, I, I don't know. I I think the acting's fine and. The storylines are fine, but there was nothing that was just like, this is amazing, this is groundbreaking, and everyone needs to watch this. So that's kind of my take on it. My I'll teenage daughter, season two. My teenage daughter disagrees with you, and so really? do I, and so do all the Netflix executives that just gave it a second season. <laughs> <laughs> and I look forward to thinking the second season is much the same. Sure. 
Um, the second one I've been watching, um, based off Robbo's recommendation last week, is Dharma. Um, that's oh, where Evan bro. appeared as, as Jeffrey Dharma. Only watched episode one, and I haven't haven't watched it again. Not again. Not because I hated it. Not because I didn't love it. I just I'm not hooked enough to watch episode hey, two hey, and then continue. Hey, 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 what kind of show do you think you would you would like? You know. What do you want a recommendation into? for, Matt? Survivor? Yeah, like, what do you want? That's <laughs> a really race? good show. <laughs> um, what do you want to watch? I'll have, I'll have to workshop that Are we one. still building know. that bridge to the island? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's what no. I've got to go no, back to. No, they finished it, Phil. Plus now. <laughs> right. The bridge. Oh, my God. Forgot about it. Spoilers. Um, Matthew wants some more 30 Rock recommendations, Robbo. Yes. So oh. Season 4, Episode no, 6. Uh, Robbo, what have you been watching oh. this week? Um, <clears throat> Rob, thank you. Unlike our esteemed colleague here, who doesn't understand what great television is, uh, hello, Matt. There, Matthew. Um, the Dharma, the Dharma uh, series is fantastic. Evan Peters is a wonderful actor. I think that they really get the balance right here um, when it comes to um, you know showing the gory stuff that most people want to see when it comes to um, real life crime. And then also not doing that. It's actually a fantastic show. It's a 10-part series on your Netflix now. Um, look, it's it's not on Paramount Plus, which I know from Rob we need to we need to talk about today. Paramountplus.com today. Oh, um, um, but um, it's on not- it's on Netflix. It's actually a really good show. Evan Peters is fantastic. And there has been a lot of um, I'm sure it'll be on Paramount Plus if it could be. <laughs> if only. Yeah. Sorry, uh, paramountplus.com.au. Sorry, yep. .com.au. <clears throat> Thank you so much. Um, really is a good service. Yeah. <laughs> There's been a lot of criticism about the Netflix series. I think they've actually handled it really well um, in regards to, um, obviously, there are people who are... Uh, Killjoys? You know, survivors. I would oh, have yeah. said kill. Yep. <laughs> Probably a positive words. <laughs> no, that was a joke for the room. Obviously, there are a lot of uh, people who are survivors and survivors' families. I actually think it handled it really well. Um, it's it's actually a really great show, and I, I think it's quite respectful. Cool. Mark, what have you been watching? <laughs> Look, thanks for asking, Rob. Uh, I've had a week where I haven't been able to watch heaps. So I'll oh keep my, my god! What forty shows? Yeah, I'll keep it down to sixty-three. <laughs> um, I do want, just want to high-five Philip and say that um, I would encourage you to, to stick with House of the Dragon because I felt that this week's episode, episode seven, was pretty solid. Okay. After you've gotten over that jarring change mm. between a couple of the key female leads, uh, they grew up. Um, <laughs> there's some big stuff that happens in okay. this episode, and following a Game of Thrones style you know, build and taper with the next three episodes now left of season one. I think we're going to see a lot of business in the next couple of episodes um, that will help push that along. But, you know, your your experience may vary. That's totally fine. Um, the two shows that I wanted to speak about particularly, um, one of them is on um, Disney Plus, and that is Star Wars Andor. I know I banged on about it last time. It's just getting better and better and better. And I'm really, really digging the storytelling. I'm loving that it is a fixed-length series, 12 eps season one, 12 eps season two. Um, a really smart move for them to write the story to fit those 24 episodes. So what we're getting is a finite story that will completely connect into Rogue One, the movie, and I'm loving it. Mm. That's on Disney+. Plus, yeah, Along with Welcome very, to very Wrexham. Good. 
Yeah, along with Welcome to Wrexham, which I'm desperately enjoying. Um, over on the Prime videos, which I acknowledge is no Paramount Plus. Hang on, how many have you done now? Um, this is my second one. You mentioned Welcome to Wrexham. I just said it's great. I'm still loving it. It's just that I stepped through it. Oh, my God. Um, My lovely wife and I have been enjoying The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, which season two has just commenced filming in New Zealand. Oh, fantastic. Are you worried that you're watching the movies? Surely you can't be saying you're watching the TV series because it was No, we are definitely watching the TV series. And and we're finding at this point where... My, my wife is a, a, a huge Tolkien fan, and she absolutely indoctrinated me. Um, and, we, yes, we, 20 years ago, went to the cinema, I think midnight screenings, to see one of yes. the, the, the films or whatever it was. Um, but we did all of that. What we're really enjoying is seeing characters that are in The Lord of the Rings yeah. that were only passing mentions, or yeah. in the part of Galadriel, of course, yeah. there, seeing a whole big story develop for them and getting some of the connection into the yeah. the, the myth and, and the engagement, it's bloody great. Yeah. Every every single dollar of that one billion they've allegedly spent on it has gone into what we see on the screen, and it's wonderful. So I cannot recommend highly enough Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, season one currently airing on your primevideo.com.au. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. This week, our group binge was decided by Robbo. It was Channel 7's oh, holy 40 shit, Robbo. years of television. Robbo, tell us about it. Um, this is really important. I still remember watching this in 1996 when I was 12 years mm. old. Uh, it was the uh, 40th anniversary of, of Australian television. Uh, the, the Nine Network did something, but the Seven Network special was really, really special. Um, it was hosted by Gary McDonald, had lots of people who were guest stars, and it was such a wonderful way, I think, and this is why I suggested it for our panel to see Australian television. Um, I'm going to go now live to... I can't even do his accent. I don't Mate, know where he's Zubansky? from. No, no, it's Matthew Summons. Uh, Matthew <laughs> Summons, uh, do you do you understand what television is, or what do you uh, think well, of the special? Thanks to that special, now I do. Um, <laughs> I thought I thought I thought it was good. I, you know what I really love. You what know what an I really education loved? you had, Matthew. <laughs> yeah, what I really loved was um, the the when they would come out of like a, a break and they would show news clips of just all these things mm-hmm. that you saw in television, like that. I found it. I found great because it was just like uh, uh, stuff that I knew, stuff that I didn't know that happened, and that that was amazing. Um, didn't really like the blackface towards the end. Um, that was a bit different time. Different what blackface time, but at the end. There was, there was a clip the, it, showing blackface. And yeah, there was. Not, it, not, it was very jarring. It wasn't Gary, but it was a clip. Yeah. No, no. But, and, and, and I totally though, appreciate if... that it was representative of the time, and that I completely understood. But it just was like, oh. There we go. There's something you definitely cannot do today anymore. Um, the other thing I just wanted to mention that I found was really funny, and I guess it shows my age, is when it was the Sydney Olympics announcement coming. And for a second, I went, well, that was ages ago. And this, like, cause just with the Brisbane Olympics and seeing that announcement, and there's a big fanfare, and it was like, oh, the Sydney Olympics was so great in 2000. It was just like, wow, like that really was a 96 moment. I don't know why I wanted to mention that, but I thought it was. Um, Sorry, what, 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 was the, what was the city you said? Brisbane, what is that? Wow. Is that? That's racist, Robbo. Yeah, I, it is now. <laughs> what did you think, though? I, I thought it was it, it was a special that perfectly encapsulates. They're yes. going to play a clip of this 
in the future and say, listen to the casual racism mocking New Zealand accent. No, 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 no. That is the state. But I, I want to know what other people thought. I thought this kind of perfectly encapsulates what Australian television was. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, I think it did. Um, you know, I, I didn't. I didn't get an opportunity to watch it all, but I love Gary McDonald, and I think the way he, you know, he ho- oh, like I'm sure it was down to a producer as well. But I thought it was a very clever way in which he hosted it, in which he introduced yeah. the different eras. You know, kept it moving, and, yeah, and right. yeah, it, there was a lot of Gary McDonald in it, which I think made a it, lot. Yeah, which could be good or which bad, was but I, I enjoyed oh. it, and I will definitely go back. And finish watching it, Rob. It's a wonderful special. It really is. Um, I found it a bit of a chore. I didn't enjoy it as much. I didn't enjoy it as much as I thought I would, Robbo. Because you know, I love my I love my TV history. Yeah, I'm surprised by this. I love Gary McDonald, and I thought he was brilliant as a host. Magda's bits. I I quite like the way they tried to join Sydney and Melbourne. She uh, was not interested in that gig at all. It did come across that. Although she did her characters and everything like that. Yeah, but they were all pre-recorded. Yeah. We don't pre-record anything. I liked having the stars in the audience, although the big gaps, it felt like you only had four stars to a row. It was just really weird. Um, and, And stopped the audience section looking big. The set looked really small. Obviously, today, if you did something like that, it would look much bigger. Mm. But even of the time, I don't know. I, I just found... Oh, I love it. I found it clunky and, yeah, as I said, I did find it a bit of a chore, Mark. I think it was a perfect time capsule for television in 1996. Yep, I probably. think when we look at the production quality and all of the things that you mentioned around the... You know, the We've the, come a the, long way. Oh, mate... This is very clearly pre the 2000 Sydney Olympics because so many things changed from that point on. The introduction mm. of high definition television mm. um, and all of the stuff that comes from that, even down to uh, some of the stuff that I thought was uh, just a bit clunky. I don't know if you noticed it, but there was lots of the camera was always moving. And I don't just yes. mean left to right, it was twisting and turning yeah, and doing. It was a stylistic choice, obviously. Absolutely. As was the let's go with black and white and just orange eyes, Jim Owen's pants. Um, I, it was like, oh, we've got a new function in the, in oh, the yeah. editing suite. We can do chroma key and colorize his shorts and the sky. Oh, look, we'll make it go blue, blue, blue. Oh, white, there was blue, lots blue, of white. What, what, can I can I say something to everyone, please? They filled <laughs> a two-hour you treat this like Thirty Rock. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> There's a two-hour special there mm. from 56 to 96, 40 years. Yes. I would challenge you to now be able to feel the same kind of um, content now. You wouldn't be able to do it. What this do you mean? So, from so, 96 to now? Correct. Mate, you yes, wouldn't, you would. you'd, you'd feel four hours. You wouldn't feel two. Of course yeah. you could, Robbo. There's so much stuff that has gone on for yeah, any block. one network. Yeah, sorry, the the block, 50, 50 series of the block. We, we've had things, we've had news moments, we've had... Well, I think I know what Robbo's saying. It's not as iconic, is it, Robbo, when you look back to those 
Sure. You know, maybe that's Thank just you, that's, that's what I'm saying. Nostalgia. No, no, that's what I'm saying. There is I agree. No, you would have a lot more reality contestants in that audience. You would have mm-hmm. a lot more reality contestants in that audience in the second 40 years. Thank you, Phil. Than yes. Robert, you're, the you're right. And nothing can compare. Nothing going forward will ever compare to that time because we are more fragmented than we've ever been when it comes to our viewing choices. So you are 100% right. It absolutely was a time. It was reflective of the era and absolutely mm. from Seven's point of view. I, I actually have seen both recently. I've watched this Seven one now and I'd seen the Nine one recently for some reason. Um, and, and it was interesting to see because they drew stuff from each other, understandably, yeah, but yeah, they yeah. kept the really big moments largely out of each other's way. So that yeah. Nine had a lot of their big Nine stuff with Graham and Bert and Don and those. But there was hints on Seven, just as Seven went big with their, you know, Roger Clemson and let's get, you know, all of that sort of stuff. Like, great. All great. I think it is excellent that television did grow up after those 40 years, that we learnt from all of that and we've gotten to where we are. Certainly I think we have regressed somewhat since then, but, you know, we've, we've done what we, we needed to do. It's really important to remember that at the time there were five TV channels yeah. in 1996. Mm. Um, yeah. And in those 40 years, we saw all four of them, birth, all five of them birth, and not all five of them existed in 1956. Yeah. So in that time, all of the stuff, boobs and all, all got broadcast to air and, and, and the live television quotient in that stuff versus what the next 40 years or the up to the, the 80 year celebration of Australian television markedly different you know you don't yeah. have the same energy in a lot of our broadcasts we we've yeah. all long lamented the the fact that we don't have live variety that we don't have live yes. television mm. other mm. than the news uh and even then the news is pre-recorded don't start the argument again um <laughs> I, I think that the reality for it robo is it was a great little reflection and a reminder of what tv yeah. was and yeah. really allows us to go how great are the things that we built on from that and to be sad about the things that we just fucked up since then so can I say, I remember watching that as, as a 12-year-old just going, I need to be part of this. Yeah. And I am just so grateful that I was able to, A, work at Epping, uh, yeah. which was obviously, you know, yeah. the, the beginning of television for Channel 7. Um, you mentioned I was it last able week, to, I got a bit teary for you. That's right. And I was able to work at BTQ, uh, Channel 7 in Brisbane, Channel 10 in Brisbane. I'm, I'm really grateful. So when I watched that, and I remember it, watching that as a 12-year-old going, God almighty, I want to be part of that. And I'm I'm very lucky to have had some time uh, in that industry, and I'm very grateful. I will admit, Robbo, that in watching it, um, not knowing that you were only 12 at the time, and my goodness, you've aged so gracefully, um, to watch, uh, I did stop, pause the credits, just in case I was looking for David Robertson to to slide through. I wish I could. Maybe yeah. that was the motivation for us making having been watched that nearly two hours. I, I, I wish. I, I and as I mentioned before, I still have the VHS that says forty years of television, mm. Channel Seven. I've always wanted to work at Channel Seven. I, I fulfilled that dream, and I also fulfilled the dream of working in uh, TV. And I was very lucky to do that. Uh, God willing, friends, we all get to see the eighty years of television celebration yeah. uh, um, and what it has become. The, the thing is, television isn't celebrating itself. When it turned 60, Studio 10 was the only one. That's right. Only, only marking of the 60th anniversary, right. we did our own special, which became Huge special. the yeah. unofficial official uh, reflection of 60 years of TV. They just don't do that anymore, and I think yeah. it's a real shame. Um, Robbo, what you're saying about what using that, wanting to get into TV and, and, and the joy you feel, 
is why we do this podcast. That's exactly Because right. we love the industry. And even when we criticise it, mm, even correct. when we criticise the shows or the decisions made and rejoice in some of the decisions made, it comes from a place Absolutely. of love that we have grown up with television and we love it That's and right. we are here to celebrate it and we yep. want it to continue. And on that note, we'll wrap it up. Philip, what are we watching next week? Uh, Well, a bit of an oldie but a goodie, I think. It's a show called Sneaky Pete on Amazon Prime, an American. Nice. Yeah, it's a really, look, it's people with the most brilliant character actors. It's a great script. I tried to pick something that I thought you guys would like, so... Maybe you'll hate it, but it, look, it's a, it, you, you might not recognise a lot of the actors' names, but you'll definitely know their faces. And it's just, it's unusual for America. They're not all beautiful. They're not all size six women. You know what I mean? Like, Already streets ahead of 30 Rock. <laughs> well, give it a go and tell me what you think. All right, so that's Sneaky Pete Amazon on Prime. Amazon Prime. Yes. All right, that brings us to the end of this edition of TV Black Box. Matthew, Phil, Mulk and Robbo, thank you very much. Don't forget, for the latest news, for all the exclusives, go to tvblackbox.com.au. It's where people in the industry get their news. We'll see you next week. (laughs) Paramountplus.com.au. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.